da 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 You sound insane. You realize that? Yeah. The whole world got crazy. Seriously? It's showtime. All right, it's Dune Week here on the Mad About Movies podcast. Hope you VIPs enjoyed our throwback to Dune. 1984's Dune that Richard and Brian did. I was absent for that one, but... Protesting, right? You were protesting. Yeah, I was protesting um, all things Kyle McLaughlin. Mm-hmm. That's, that's a hard stance I've had on the show for years, <laughs> and I stand by it. Mm-hmm. Is it like a frenemies thing or, or truly nemesis? He knows. He knows what he did. He knows okay. what he did. All right. If he can give me a notarized letter, a, an apology letter, then maybe we'll be on good terms again. But VIPs enjoyed the uh, throwback conversation. We tried to, you know, get somewhat prepared for this. I, for one, was not prepared for this at all because I, I will first be the first to admit I didn't read the book, didn't do my research, planned on it didn't work out. That's, that's kind of how it always works. But uh, I've brought someone in to pinch hit for me on the research side of things. He's co-worker of mine uh, on the Athletic Football Show. You can hear him talking X's and O's. Follow him on Twitter for all football X's and O's things. He's Nate Tice, who also happens to be a big movie nerd. So different kind of nerdy conversation for you here, Nate. Yeah, I, I feel like I'm walking into the lion's den a little bit Absolutely with, with this uh, yeah but no I'm, I'm i'm very excited it's but you you set me up you said i'm pitch hitting for you but uh pinch hitting for you but it's like i never read the books as well i did exactly <laughs> what you did i bought the first two getting ready to prep to read it but i like did my prep i did my basic research got excited for it i love this director so you know denise been love yeah. so i'm like i'm like that's more of what i as, as a movie goer i was more excited to see this as opposed to like the mythos of the dune Dune verse, I guess, is, is what you might want, might want to call it, because apparently there's a whole lot of mythos with it. <laughs> Buying books and not reading them is how I got through college, and so mm-hmm. I yeah. think that's a great way to research. I, as far as I'm concerned, it's the only way to do it. Yeah, because mm-hmm. you read the back and you're like, got it. Like, yeah, right. like like you said earlier before we hit record. I mean, I mean, Wikipedia exists, guys. I mean, all these books behind me, I'm burning them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they're just for decoration for Zoom. They're absolutely, anyway. they're all empty. Mm-hmm. They're all full yeah. of. Richard can't secrets. even read. It's crazy. It's made it this far in life. It's amazing, yep. really. I'm proud yes, of you, buddy. Provide, Thank just you. Just provide coloration in the background. That's all it is. <laughs> it's actually a Zoom. It's a Zoom background. Special <laughs> one. It's a virtual be- bookshelf. Yeah. yeah, it's, it's Adrian like, it's Brody's <laughs> bookshelf. <laughs> Adrian Brody's bookshelf from home, mm, and uh, it's, it's weird. You don't want to know how I got stuff. the picture, yeah. but I got it. Oh well, I don't see Dune on the shelf, Richard. You're, what's your background on Dune? Yeah, good question. You know me, I, I do. Uh, I love to read. I, I big book guy, but I, I don't delve too. If I do go sci-fi, it's pretty light sci-fi. Um, and this does fit my as we've established on the show, Nate. I know you're new to to the Mam universe here, but I can I can mess with some science fiction, but not if it's woods. If it's woods, I'm out. If it's space, so, yeah. I'm tentatively in. So this does mm-hmm. pass the initial test. Um, not a whole you lot said of woods, right? Like, right. Like, yeah. Like anything woods. with like orcs and like if there's tr- a lot of trees and it's sci-fi, Got I'm it. out. A lot of mud. Got it. A lot, like of mud. a lot of mud. Yeah. Doesn't like I don't like the woods. Face. Doesn't like yeah. the mud on the face. But I can, I can. So this would pass that test, but it seems really dense and like, you know, a little above my pay grade. So, so, but I, I was familiar like being like, you know, a pretentious 18 year old and interested in David Lynch for a period of time. Um, 
you know, I've saw this and was familiar with it from there. And, and, uh, so I was familiar with the property and, and, and like Nate said, you know, love Denny. So was, you know, peaked at hit what his take on this would be. Um, and so, yeah, was definitely as, as Brian and I've talked about all year, um, a little beaten down by like Dune, Dune heads, hashtag Dune nation, hashtag Dune strong, um, all year telling us that this would be, like Life the changing? biggest movie, yeah. yeah. Well, no, I right. I believed it would be good. I just was like, guys, it's not going to make more money than Avatar. Like, it's not gonna. Yeah. that's not going to happen. And so I kind of we got so bombarded <laughs> well, with that. I started rooting against time. it. Right? It's like I know it's going to be good, but I need to shut these people up. I need this thing to flop. <laughs> but I think it's going to do well. So that's good for them. That's awesome. But uh, but yeah, I was excited for it. Like Nate said, more as as a movie. Brian though has. At least read the first ten pages of this a hundred times. So I want <laughs> to hear times, your yeah, 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 hear your background more. <laughs> I have yeah. I, I tried to read Dune. I mean, I grew up in sci-fi family, so uh, I tried to read Dune many times and failed. Little uh, background for the listener yeah. for Nate. Brian's dad was a sci-fi writer of sorts. Okay. Yeah, right? I mean, so amateur. Kinda, yeah, yeah. George R. So R. Gill. George R. R. Gill. And so he kind of you know. This type of stuff was encouraged in your household, whereas yes. mine, I don't think yes. my parents would buy me Dune unless uh-huh. I like, begged for it. It was, was right. not uh, a thing that was ever right. in the zeitgeist of the Garrison household. Yeah, yeah, I had to, I had to discover sports on my own because it was, it was the really inverse. <laughs> yeah. of you guys. So, Long process, uh, and that's when I changed <laughs> yeah. my name from Hubbard. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Just once I went on the run, you know, yeah, exactly. um, the live from yeah. the Sea Org, Brian <laughs> quotes Gill. <laughs> yes. I tried to read this many times and failed. It, it's, it is a very dense book. It's a very dense book. Now I did read it last year. Um, when we thought we were going to see this movie last year, remember that that was fun. Um, it was a good wow. time when, before things were terrible. Uh, but I read it last year, audiobook, great audiobook. It helped me significantly to like, sort of pierce through all of the uh the density of of this thing and and get into it. It's a great book. I I really I very much enjoyed reading it once I got finally once I finally could. Once I could finally get fight through it some. Um but it's it's uh it's definitely not like beach read, you know. You don't pick it up and be like, "Hmm, yes, awesome. Got it." Immediately 10 pages in, you totally understand. It's you're 200 pages in and you're like, "I th- think i know who the main character is maybe it's very it's very tough on that front my my wife and i we vowed to like read a whole bunch of books this this year and i started great read seven in the first five months i was like oh yeah we're, we're doing this i up my I, in my goodreads account i up my account i went from 12 to 18 you know i was like okay yeah i can take two got months co- off here yeah got cocky we're still at seven yeah. um so my wife my <laughs> wife though she she was like she jumped into the deep end she was like oh like we're excited we're gonna go see dune later this year she's like i'm gonna read it and i mean uh-huh. like we went to the, actually went to the bar Barnes and Noble, <laughs> Demon Buy on Amazon, bought it actually at the store. And I was like, I saw how thick it was. And yeah. I was like, There's no really? chance. Yeah. <laughs> and that, I mean, that's yeah. basically, and she, she yeah. fought hard because she was trying to prove me wrong a little bit. But it was like, she got through about, I would say, 150 pages or so. And so when we saw the movie <laughs> yeah. this weekend, she, she really liked it as well. And like, but like when we finished, she goes, just really interesting because that book was a lot of world building. And then she kind of just like, she didn't mean it as like a compliment. Yeah. She was just like a lot of world building. And then that's, yeah. I was like, I got it, got it, got it. She was like, yeah. so like seeing it like on the screen, she was like, yeah, okay. It clicked a little bit better when I was, she was like, got it, got it. Like kind of see For it sure. like broader yeah. strokes. When I, when I say it's dense, I, this is what I was trying to explain to somebody today. Um, 
it's especially I think I said this on our Dune episode, the the 1984 Richard, but um, I think in a in a, in a post Game of Thrones world, it has a better chance of being well received both as a movie and yep. as a yeah. book because we're all sort of anyone who watched Game of Thrones, which seems like everybody, but I don't know, maybe it really wasn't, but but anybody who watched that show. Anybody who matters. I mean, week to week, you're like, okay, yeah. I got to know a lot of names. I got to know a lot of keywords and yeah. places and maps and all this sort of stuff. And Dune is very similar to that. Great, the thing that's really hard about Dune, the book, and what I think it's partly why the, the previous translations of it haven't been so great and, and why I, I think that part of why this one I think was, was pretty successful is it drops you in. I, I'm just, I was telling my wife today earlier, twice, the first two times I tried to read this book when I was in like high school or college, I was like, I'm like 30 or 40 or 50 pages in. And I'm like, are you sure this isn't a sequel? Because it just drops you into the <laughs> yeah. middle of the world and starts throwing all this terminology and names yeah. and places at you as if you know what the heck it's talking about and you super do not know what it's talking about. And it takes you probably 200 pages to like get to a place where you're like sort of getting the hang of this. And then it completely shifts to another whole new universe, basically just throws you into the deep end there too. And so you're, you're, you're always kind of behind the eight ball until the last like third of the book. And then you're, you're clicking, you're like, okay, I got it now. We're, we're rolling along at this point, but it is, it's just so hard to, in some ways, I think it's, it's a very ambitious book because it really treats the reader with respect of like, you're not stupid. You can figure this out. But, but while you're reading it, you're like, I am stupid. I cannot figure this out. Like, please, I need some kind of help to get through this. It's, it's I've, pretty, it's pretty tough. I found it a little hard to believe when Denny said he was 13 when he read it the first time. He was <laughs> yeah. completely, I was like, really? I was like, I'm yeah. 34 and I can barely even read, <laughs> read the first four. Sure. You know, I mean, yeah, I to trust, be fair, I trust you and I received terrible education. I have a third so. grade reading level. I will, yeah. I will fully yeah. admit that I'm not a great right. reader. That's a great point, Brian. Though, and I want to get Kent's kind of intro too as we go to the movie. But like that, I do think you're right. The Game of Thrones kind of primer on this, at least, yeah. Both just you know the depths people are willing to. Like I've met so many people over the last couple of years since that show that are like, I love three things: <laughs> Ole Miss football. <laughs> Stooley Presidente, whatever that guy is from Barstool, and 1,100-page George R. R. Martin books. And you're like, you? And they're like, yep. Stooley Presidente. <laughs> and it's like, you know what I mean? So like, it's that definitely, yeah. I think, primed the pump on a larger, it gets that funnel a lot wider, whereas people, because a lot of people, I mean, people like this stuff. You don't have to be some, like, you know, stereotypical, like, sci-fi person. There's mm-hmm. a, a lot of people just, and I think... The density of Game of Thrones as a show, and then you know some people that funneled into the books, like kind of proved to people that they were interested in that. And then mm-hmm. I think that I think that really widened the audience for something like this, where people are willing to kind of go there. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I like what Brian said though. Is like it's not treating the viewer like an idiot or yeah. the reader like an idiot, yeah. and that's yeah. exactly what Game of Thrones basically did. Like mm-hmm. a lot of the times, they you know they force fed you something, so like a little bit of smart exposition, you'll walk mm-hmm. and talk sure. scenes, but it's like. But a lot of times they were just like, they don't remind you who someone's name is. They're not like, yeah. oh, you mean the so-and-so with so-and-so? They're just like, mm-hmm. no, that character. And it's just like, okay. And then so like as a as a viewer, you like have to pay attention. You go like, okay, okay. All right. Well, they mm-hmm. that guy must be important. So the next time you hear that person's name, you're like, oh shoot, okay, 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 okay. Mm-hmm. And then you're right. trying to piece it together as a viewer. Yeah. Which you gotta I, check I your yarn chart like, and how it flows. My, uh, <laughs> I got I definitely got that was used season to season two. I got used to the uh, <laughs> subtitles 
watching Game of Thrones. Just so I, that's why mm-hmm. I did it. So mm-hmm. I could see the names, like yeah. literally see them spelled out. Yeah, so I could make the sure. connections yeah. when they were talking about people in passing and things like that. And that continued through the pandemic. And, and, and this is a great segue into kind of the release of the movie on HBO because they put this one out a little early or earlier than they said they were going to. And they do have this one now available on HBO Max. They did a day and date. I'm sure Denny wasn't happy about that. But it did pretty well at the at the box office. I think it made forty million dollars or so. Um, it's already made over two hundred twenty million dollars worldwide. So I think they're they're going to probably be in the green on part one of this thing, uh, considering yep. they've got uh, part two. We'll talk about that. But I think it's great because it does compare to Game of Thrones. You're you're absolutely right, and. It's on HBO. So, I mean, it fits yeah. right along there. I mean, people, people can yeah. watch this and go home and write, get on HBO and it's probably featured right next to Game of Thrones or featured as as if you like Game of Thrones, you will like Dune. So, I think that it fits their branding perfectly. Did not and, factor into my Larry Sanders show recommend. My <laughs> algorithm was really different. Yeah. I didn't get Dune. <laughs> Suicide Squad, Dune. Yeah. 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 Wow, that's an interesting back-to-back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. That's, I mean, obviously, my HBO Max is entirely Taxi Cab Confessions, but continue, Kent. That's funny that you all said uh, Game of Thrones because, I mean, my frame of reference for this and basically for everything in life is Star Wars. Yeah. So yeah, right, I think sure. that's kind of the what most people would go in expecting this to be or comparing this to. And I was just blown away at how different it was than Star Wars. And you know, I think JJ, or it wasn't JJ, it was Ryan uh, Johnson was talking in the documentary about when he was making The Last Jedi and how he was picking some of the designs for some of the creature designs, some of the costume designs, things. And he was saying, he was going through some of this and he was like, yeah, it's cool, but it's not Star Wars. And I never really knew what that meant. Yeah. But it was, he's so right. There's such a defined thing that when you see it, you know it's Star Wars, you know, just by the design. And uh, it could be the smallest little details that set things apart. And I was worried that this would fall into the Star Wars thing, like, oh, that's a little Star Warsy. But I was blown away at the creativity and just the originality of this entire world. I mean, this is really unlike anything I've ever seen. <laughs> I mean, to be quite honest with you, and I, I thought it would be pretty derivative in terms of science fiction settings and themes and all that. And maybe it is in themes. So we'll get to that. But I mean... It blew me away, just the absolute scale and the creativity of this world. Um, so I guess we can start there. Just what did you think of this movie in terms of like um, it living up to what you thought it would be in your mind when you like read the book, Brian? Yeah, I mean, I've said many times, I think that this movie is, or excuse me, the book is is as close to unfilmable as you're going to get because it's just, it's so vast and it's, there's so much going on. And again, you know, like I said, it, it, it treats, unless you're going to do a lot of exposition, which is one of the problems with, with the 1984 version, you know, it just goes heavy on these voiceovers that know, that are also bad in addition to just not being, um, not being very helpful. Uh, but they're also just really bad. Um, but it, it, it's a really, it's not just the density, it's the, it's the scale of it. It's an epic. I mean, it's, it's, it's Shakespearean. It's, it's the, the Iliad, you know, I mean, it's, it's got all of these themes as part of it. And then you add 
how is this even going to look? You know, how are we going to get a, a freaking desert planet to look as incredible as it does in this movie? What's the technology look like? All these ships and things like that. Um, so I thought if anyone's going to do it, it's going to be Denny. And if I, I think I've said this before on the air, but like if this was bad or it didn't work, I think we just have to say we're never doing Dune again. We stop now because because if he couldn't do it with with the with the money that he had at his disposal and and the cast that he had to work with and all that sort of stuff, the vision it's just that not going to happen. Too. I mean, just, yeah. Uh, yeah. The track sure. record that he has. I mean, exactly. He's blown exactly. us away so many times in science fiction. Um, Absolutely. I'm, just, I mean, I, I, he is genuinely, he is the perfect director to do this movie. And um, the scale and the scope of it truly, I mean, blew me away. It hit all the expectations that I was going for and, and more. I think it, it just, I would say, I, I mean, Dune read Dune book fans are probably going to scream at me, but like it true. I think it, it builds on what the book does beautifully. I mean, it just has, I mean, it's a better, it's a better movie than it is a book probably already. And that's like a nice. masterpiece level book. You know I mean? That's like the a Pantheon type uh, book, at least as far as sci-fi or fantasy goes. But yeah, I mean like the, the dragonfly helicopters are incredible. Yeah. I mean, that's one of the coolest designs I've ever seen. I was, was that so in the book, Brian? Like They're so was that cool. was, was the yeah. dragonflies in the book? Because I, I watched I was Hod- curious about that Hodaworski's too. Dune uh, uh-huh. before this, and and uh, Alejandro Hodaworski was like a really eccentric filmmaker back in like the mm-hmm. 70s, and he was he had the rights to adapt this, and he had this cast with like Mick Jagger and and Orson yeah. Welles was going to be the Baron and he got Pink Floyd to do the soundtrack. But that was one of the things in the documentary was one of his designs was that the ships were like bugs and that he mm. had this very organic feel to like the ships and how they would like buzz around like mosquitoes. So I was wondering mm. if that was in the book or if that was something that Denny took from Hodorowsky and like yeah. retranslated that for his own self. Yeah, yeah. I don't think that that's in the book, but I, I just, I have to out myself. I'm not great at reading description in books. I like <laughs> tend to kind of, it could have been one word that you skimmed over that said yeah. bug like or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um, if, if but, that is in the book, it, they certainly, um, they certainly brought it to life incredibly. Cause I, I just, I was personally, I was blown away by the, uh, I almost want to call it creature design, Kent. Like the yeah, the it was just or- technology it felt design totally is really organic, the better word. You know? but it, it felt did. like a creature design on a lot of this stuff. Yeah, yeah. No, go, I, go I, ahead, I, Nate. That, that's exactly. I mean, everything, <laughs> everything Brian just said is exactly the scale. Like just you, you were kind of saying, oh, I haven't felt like you know, or I haven't kind of like seen this kind of world or whatever. And it's kind of funny, like seeing. Uh, the director kind of going from his old movies to now and kind of like you can see the fingerprints of Blade Runner 2049 a little bit just in some of like the rooms like you know um, Jared Leto's character's uh, uh, room like you know the big kind of like almost pyramid kind of oh, scheme yeah. going on and you see the Emperor's room in this and you're kind of like okay I, I can't, it's not the same thing but kind of just that's how it's built and everything it's all built it's like, like okay. kind of like hieroglyphs and kind of a, yeah. this natural architecture shapes yeah. Yeah. it's like shapes it's all uh-huh. shape shape shapes mm-hmm. and it's just that it, it's it feels like there's and in wrestling they you know the the kayfabe is just like it, you feel it throughout this whole everything like every building every room is like that's not a set people walk through that all the time. Like people, or that's where the emperor goes through every time. That's where they walk out to see the troops. Like, you know, like just those types of things that felt like that. Mm-hmm. And yeah. And, and also just the, the, uh, I love the, like the Iliad or the Shakespearean line, like the great houses, like knowing nothing about that. And all of a sudden hearing those types of 
phrases being used. Like, uh, what's his face? Uh, Duncan Idaho. He, he's the sword master. Like, you know, it's like, oh, it's like, okay, so now we got kind of like that old kind of knight feel to it. But like, I don't know. It was just, it was so well done. I, I loved, I think the best thing I loved was just the, or the thing I loved the most was just that sense of scale. Everything had weight to it. Yeah. Like the the giant worms, I don't know if this is spoiling or not, you see them in the trailers, but like yeah, the giant yeah. worms felt like giant worms. Like, you oh, know, I mean, I, if, yeah. if that makes yeah. you just feel that size and that scale. And I think that so much with so many movies, movies using CGI so much, you never feel that. Everything feels plasticky. Yeah. Everything feels like, you know, Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man jumping across the building where it's rubbery. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like here, everything felt like it was like, that's a set. That's not yeah. CGI. Like you didn't know where everything For began sure. and ended. And it's like, oh. And of course, and this is a guy that made Arrival. And like that's those ships in Arrival always felt like they had weight, like it just weight yeah. to them. It's like, of course, this guy kind of gets that. And it's it was very, very cool. I was blown away. I, yeah. I, I agree with you guys. The I, worm I was thing, blown, absolutely blown away. The worms are such a crucial thing to the story, right? And it's such yeah. a f- sort of like underlying threat. And like if those are lame, it's a dumb like little thing. But if those are lame, like the whole movie is mm-hmm. shot. What, yeah, it's shot, yes. right? Yeah. Like that's such a high stakes thing to pull off. Um so yeah, I thought once I'm kind of yeah, you're right. I mean it, it is. It's very tangible. It feels it feels like this movie cost a billion dollars, which, you know, <laughs> it, it was an expensive movie, but it wasn't, you know, uh 165 million really isn't that much for as much as they got with this pretty deep cast, et cetera, et cetera. So to be able mm-hmm. to get that type of location work to be able to get that kind of realism and everything without just, you know, throwing some CGI at it. I mean, obviously there's CGI in this, of course, mm-hmm. but it's it's done so it, with uh, such elegance. Yeah, yeah. No, the, those uh, sandworms are real, though. I don't know if you guys knew oh, that or not. They okay. found you know, them in the wild. I was thinking <laughs> of <laughs> that makes sense. What, that what, tracks. <laughs> well, Denny does a great yeah. job of had keeping that. They had to fire uh, a good trainer for him, I think. Yeah, <laughs> right, yeah. Right. He does a great yeah. job. They're not easy you. to train. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's not like a dog or a bear. Yeah. it's tough. But uh, Steve Irwin's yeah. daughter, <laughs> Bindi or whatever her name is. Yeah, Bindi. <laughs> he does what she's doing. That's a new discovery series. Denny does a wonderful job of keeping them like under the ground for most of the movie yep, too because yeah, yeah. you just want yep. to see them so bad yep. just burst out of the sand yeah, go, the you know yeah, it's just it's totally shark thing but right? the i mean he uh don't show he the shark keeps thing. it under there and that one i guess one of the, one of the first kills where the ground just shakes and it's basically like the ground just gives away into this giant mouth is kind of revealed under the under the sand you know i gotta think that they use practical effects for some of the sand like they just oh, got yeah. small mounds of sand and shot it at really high frame rates and like moved it because I've never seen sand in CG that looks that good. <laughs> like I, well, just, shot, I don't know if it could be done. Like really, it was like so the much of it in. Um, they shot a lot of this movie in Jordan, which is you know obviously mm-hmm. has a lot of sand. So I yeah. think a lot, you know, there's one yeah, shot I, where it's just like a a huge like yeah, literally dunes exactly. of sand moving towards yeah. the camera. I was like, that's got to be just like mini dunes like yeah. a, a quarter scale that they did and shot towards the camera because that was real that had to be real and i'll have to pull the shot and and put it in our discord or something for the visual effects experts in our discord to look at but i mean yeah it's that perfect blend of of actual tangible objects and a director that knows how to direct you know yeah it's, the, Jurassic Park. it's like Jurassic Park more than anything. Oh, sure. Yeah. Just like, you, you don't know where it's like kind of like when it begins, when it ends. You're like, that's 
oh that was a, that was a prop right there oh that was the rubber dinosaur and then you're like oh no that and that's in 1993 and that's like speaks to early 92 93 <laughs> yeah. that speaks to jurassic yeah. park that like that like sometimes that actually looks better than that but that's like that's exactly how he directs is like that stuff all it feels like it'll age well like richard said it's like elegant almost like it's like mm-hmm. just like looks nice <laughs> it's like everything it doesn't jerk you out because nothing worse than bad effects and then yeah. just kind of like oh man i know that's fake and i just i kind of take you out of especially a, a, a movie like this in a world like this that they're trying to build yeah. just trying to get sucked into it yeah denny yeah. really reminds me of fincher in in the way that they he just uses cg kind of really subtly and only when he haps, absolutely has to do it the shot in arrival where the helicopter kind of goes over the plane and you see the ship for the first time, you know? Yeah. That that shot is all in camera. Even the clouds coming over the hill was like all in camera. The only thing that was CG in that shot was the actual ship in the frame. So like he goes to the I mean, how easy would it be to get a landscape in a in a computer and do that? Yeah. But like that natural cloud going over the thing, like you feel that. You see that, mm-hmm. you know, it's tangible. So he really understands that and that makes a difference here and and I think you're right, Brian. I think if he couldn't do it, could anybody <laughs> really? Like, let's be, let, well, let's be real. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's true. Imagine we'll that cam- yeah, imagine man. that camera just spinning around yeah. and that dune just circle. <laughs> the sand just looks incredible. Yeah, just- man. Come on, Kent. You're a cinematographer. <laughs> you know art. I, I do know art. And yeah. that's why I said. <laughs> that's why I said what I said. Um, what really reminded me of at the beginning, and it's got to get inspiration from this, is Mad Max. Fury Road, like right, oh, getting yeah. like yeah, nice. Arrakis, yep. the the mining of the spice at the beginning was total Mad Max Fury Road, uh, and I love those just machines that the Harkonnens had on on Arrakis, the giant. Uh, I don't know what what they even were, you know, the ones that Bautista's looking down on as they're mining the planet right at the beginning. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. um, yeah. the harvesters, those are, the yeah, the harvesters yeah. and stuff. I mean, mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. Just the scale of it was yeah. was Im- impressive. And the thing about the worms is there's no real animal on earth to compare it to. I mean, I was, I was trying to think of like, what's the biggest animal? Like humpback whale is like what? A, a, you do like a, a, thou- a, a hundred, biggest, I think. Yeah. A hundred blue, blue whales yeah. in, yeah. in one worm, you know? I mean, like, I guess that's what makes it so shocking to see something like that on screen in mm-hmm. real time because it felt real and it's like wow we just have never seen anything like that even in star wars or anything it hasn't hasn't been done that well i guess um sure yeah that was awesome the yeah, maybe like the maybe. space worm in empire strikes back but that's <laughs> that like know, a sock this puppet. one what, what about, so- shot what about the worm in uh yeah. tremors right Isn't yeah, yeah there, you go. This, there you go yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this is this is the right. exact same same scale, combine right? those things with the sarlacc pit we're good we got it so that's, <laughs> brian that's, is it pretty much the same right Right, exact same, exact same size and everything. You know, just rubber, rubber tentacles sitting there, or rubber, rubber teeth. Brian, is it Harkonnens or Harkonnens? Harkonnens, yeah, Harkonnens. I thought, I think, could have sworn the 1984 one says Harkonnens. Um, I, I think you're probably right, and I, I think that that partly comes down to. Hold on, let me hold on, let me harken back to that and think about. Hey, Yahtzee! All right, I'm calling it a night. Did my part, guys. (laughs) We'll take it from here. (laughs) <laughs> yeah that uh that threw me off because i was like oh i think i just watched the 1984 one i thought it was uh harkonnens but it's harkonnens here and by the way they say dune part one here nice nice swerve mm-hmm. job from from denny just 
slide that one in at the beginning. Yeah, part one. Pretty much uh, puts the puts the pressure on Warner Brothers, doesn't it? Because yeah. I like yeah. that. That's been that was one of my biggest uh, holdbacks with this. Was just like to me, they should have just shot. This is a this is a two movie book for at least, maybe three. I don't know, but definitely a two movie book. They should have just shot both of them at the same time. Do it back to back. Have it ready to go. And instead, Warner Brothers has kind of played this like sort of riding the fence mentality of like, well, if it does well, you know, we'll see this kind of thing. Well, you <laughs> know, know when that card pops up and it says part one, you just feel like Denny's at home being like just putting all the pressure on Warner Brothers. Be like, I, I mean, if y'all don't want to do it, I guess that's fine. But we said it was part one. Right. So I'm yeah. we are delivering part one now. And, you and know? I think. Yes, Brian, it's that is a high, you know, this is a very good film and and we'll get into it more, but like that's easy criticism at Warner Brothers. However, mm. that is the same studio that tried to make 11 DC movies at once. Yeah. And so if they learn their lesson from that, right. that's a right. good that's thing. True. If this was Go the ahead, Dark Tower, sure this one's good. If this was the Dark Tower. Imagine this is like the Dark Tower. Let's just make that comparison. Yeah. Great mm. book, everybody loves this, can't wait for an adaptation. Yeah. You've got great people mm. involved and then the Dark Tower comes out. It flops yeah. and is bad. And then what do you do? You know? Yeah. And then you're left with yeah. this movie on the shelf that you've already spent a hundred million dollars producing. So mm-hmm. I see it both ways. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, no, I see no, it I, as I they should have yeah. known this would be great because Denny's great. Yeah, totally fair. I mean, <laughs> right. bet on I mean, great man, filmmakers. On. But I don't I agree with you. And I think and just kind of to the beginning of our conversation, I think we all knew this would be a very good movie. Maybe yeah. dense, maybe like, oh, I'm gonna have to watch that six times, but it's gonna be very good. <laughs> but like I don't know if a big, big Worthy of another two hundred million dollar budgeted sequel, I, it is that now. This is it's done mm-hmm. very well, especially in COVID times. Especially when you amortize the HBO Max stuff and you say, "Okay, right. this is our tentpole and justified all these subscriptions for a quarter or whatever." It, very successful movie. And that's great. And they should do a second one. Uh, I don't know if that was like four years ago. Uh, if that when you're talking about doing Dune again, I, I kind of get holding off on doing a second one. But but yeah, I'm wrong. For- then, no, yeah. I, I totally, I see that side of it. I just think if you're Warner Brothers, if you're going to give, if you're going to get Denny and you're going to give him $165 yeah. million dollars to make a part, if, if you trust Denny and you believe in what he's doing, I would say you're probably kind of telling yourselves, we may lose money on this. We may lose money on these two movies, but we're but we but we believe in making this project. Yeah. And yeah. this is also I mean, I'm sure, sure. this is going to get Oscar nominations as well. Maybe I don't I don't know about acting side, but I have but a list maybe uh, even we'll in the directing later. best picture side. I have side a list of things. Uh, yeah, yeah. Of potential. So we'll I mean it, yeah. it it's possible that it's going to hit, you know, it, it's not going to hit that like a billion dollars or something. No. So that's what they really want. But but beyond that, it's possible that it's going to make a little bit of money and get a little notoriety. And I think if if I'm Warner Brothers and I'm giving them, I mean, I'm, I'm not giving them any credit because we've seen Warner Brothers make the dumbest choices over and over and over again over the years. But like if we were running Warner Brothers, I think we sit in the room and we say we may lose 50 ish, 100 million dollars on this thing, but it's worth being in this business. And so we want to do it right. You're telling us that you need 300 million dollars to do two movies. All right, let's just do it instead of. Kind of playing it back and forth. Here's I, what I, I say. totally understand both I, sides. I, of I it, try but. to get how to cross it over with Fantastic Beasts because I'm all about <laughs> that corporate now synergy yeah. at WB. Uh-huh. Yeah. You know, here's what I say: you do. Yeah. <laughs> you do it. You shoot them both back to back. You you up the budget from let's say 160 to 200 million dollars. You shoot them both back to back, and you wait for the buzz. You release the first trailer. You wait for the buzz. You see how the first cuts look, and you make a four hour cut. And if the buzz is great. Then it's Dune, four hours long. It's one big epic. 
if it's buzz is not so great and you still believe in the project, it's going to be good. People just have to see this. Then you've got two movies already in the can. Two parts. Yeah, I mean, I think this is but a two, shot. I think this it's is a two done. part book. I mean, but I think movie, if you if honestly. if if it's like if Warner Brothers is saying, okay, Denny, you get you get to make Dune, go make Dune. Mm-hmm. Then why? Spoiler alert! Why doesn't it end on like a a, a note where it like wraps up in a tidy bow? You know, like it just leads to yeah. another movie. Is what I'm yeah, saying. I, so well, like, I why? Hundred percent. I think this was yeah. it. I could tell you why they gave him final cut. Mm-hmm. Which is why he was able to put that title card on there, and right. that's him holding the second movie hostage that they're gonna yes. have to make it because yes. he's not gonna want to make. He's smart enough, and obviously the studio is too. I mean, a four million, uh, pardon me, a four hour Dune is not an option unless you're doing a series on that's exclusive to a streamer. But like, right. he wanted to make a theatrical film at, in 2021. It you know even three and a half unless it's like the end of Marvel, right? And mm-hmm. it's, uh, it's three and a half. Okay. We'll settle there. Three, three and a half, and it's Dune, and that's one, and then that's it. I don't think. I think that buzz, even if it was great, unless you've yeah. got eleven movies building up to that, like Marvel did, no one's gonna mm-hmm. go. I mean, obviously, yeah. a hardcore Dune people will, but I mean, like, you're not gonna get, you know, a uh, person scrolling, seeing what movie to want to see that month. Now, obviously, things yeah. are different with streaming and stuff, but I, I do. I, I think once they gave him final cut. He's making, and obviously they saw the script. I, 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 I personally think, I don't know. I wouldn't hold. I would hold out, guys, that maybe the second one is already shot, or a lot of it is. Sure. I, don't, I, I don't know. I'd, I'd be call. willing to bet a, a lot of it was shot over the last couple months when they knew that this movie was good, and it was. It's been ninety percent on Rotten Tomatoes for the past month. You know, people have yeah. seen this. You know, they know what they they yeah, knew what they had. Um, I don't know if they could sneaky reshoot it or start a new production on it because that's such a big. It hasn't been greenlit yet by Legendary. And Nate, I'm sorry, I don't mean to cut you off, but uh, but but yeah, I I I would be shocked. I I put five percent chance that like all of a sudden surprise Dune two like next year because they already shot it. But I don't know. But I think they'll probably have to go back in. That was what I was so curious about. Was like, don't you lose so much momentum? And I think that's so much is what what it is. And so I mean, it's it's. Word of mouth is like great right now. I mean, it yeah. really is. People that sure. have never even heard of Dune until a week ago, two weeks ago, a month ago, are like talking about it. So that's like kind of like I mean, this is this is the studio's problem. So yeah, and, and, <laughs> you and know, honestly, but, could be something Denny wants to do another movie in between too. You know, Chalamet's right. got a bunch of stuff too. I mean, I think obviously, of all things being equal, I bet this thing is greenlit a month ago, like Ken said, and they're probably shooting it starting in January. I think in a non-pandemic but, world, this would have come out. And yeah, when it came out, and they would have shot this one as the next one as soon as the new year came back around. Yeah, as soon as the holidays ended, everyone would have been like, All right, let's get back Mm -hmm. out there. Make the Chalamet will turn, he'll turn 13 years old soon. So puberty will probably start. (laughs) Right, that's true. Be able to do the sequel. Yeah, Danny made a joke about that on Colbert. Like, (laughs) like he's the he's the best. 12 year old actor I've ever worked with or something <laughs> like that. It, like, because he is, he's like 25, but he can play like a kid that's believable yeah. with like all this intense emotion. It's really mm-hmm. amazing. Like this, yeah. this niche that he's carved yeah. out for himself. But yeah. um, I, I just think you, sorry, last thing on this can, I'm sorry. I just, I think that the way to do it is just Lord of the Rings. It you're going to, you're going to, you're going to film these things back to back. The movie ends, you put up the card that says, you know, Dune part two will arrive whatever Thanksgiving of 2022 or Thanksgiving of 2023 and kind of keep that momentum going because the other thing you got to deal with now too is, I mean, this is a stacked cast. All these people have, I mean, Chalamet's doing Willy Wonka right now. I mean, all of these, these folks are, 
are very busy. So getting them all back together is going to be, it's not that it's going to be too much of an issue, but it is something that you got to deal with that maybe you don't have to do. They have to do Doom Part 2. From the get-go, oh, they just will. say, all right, they're going to do They have to now. Yeah. You can't let, this yeah. movie can't come out unless they were going to do Doom Part 2. There's going no to. chance yeah. Yeah. they would have let this come Part of me out. thinks, honestly, like, and thank God for the success of this. Honestly, I mean, Warner Brothers has had a rough few years in terms of big, big, big hits. You know, I, if it's not the fact that it's not greenlit even now after this had a successful opening weekend makes me think like I don't I don't know if there's like a cash flow issue or what but like get this thing <laughs> yeah. right but there's a lot of factors with this right I mean right. I, honestly if it's this is Disney I mean this was greenlit a long time ago but not every studio gets to operate like that I mean mm-hmm. that's a that's true it's a whole different thing so you know what if I wonder yeah. how much this pulled in for HBO because because that might be yeah. the determining factor if they if if this past weekend. They had a bunch of subs and they're like, you know what? We kind of have a little bit more money to throw at this. Uh, Go make two more, Denny, and we'll put them on Mm -hmm. HBO and you can make them way longer. And, and, you know, we can extend this thing fully out. They're doing the TV show, right? It's like the Sisterhood or something like that. Are they? I don't know. Yeah, there's there's already an HBO spinoff show. That was already announced like a couple years ago. (laughs) Yeah. It's like Sisterhood of Dune. I think it's kind of like um, uh, Handmaid's Tale on Dune. It's kind of mm. what it I'm wondering like. though if the mm. if the rewatch factor and the 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 HBO <laughs> Max on, <laughs> the HBO Max factor will factor into their their reasoning for wanting to do another one of this because I think they can see this as a property that's going to stand the test of time on yeah. on mm. their streaming platform. You know, it's an IP yeah. more than anything. So yeah, yes, um, yes. All right, um, there's a, there's some stuff I wanted to get into here that I really yeah. really enjoyed. Uh, the giant globe ship that the Imperial Court arrive on. Amazing, great production design. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. and the bubble helmets that the like guards walk down on. I'm like, dude, yep. this it's just you know you get goosebumps at that stuff. Hans Zimmer score, unbelievable, fantastic. Um, <laughs> all the right moments that it, it was um, impactful, emotional things I didn't expect, um, stuff I'd never heard before. It was tribal, it was biblical, it was um, futuristic. I loved it. Um, there. <laughs> was a scene that reminded me of star Wars was, which was the, uh, Paul talking to Duke, his father of, I've been training my whole life. Why can't I go? You know, it was very reminiscent of the, uh, Lars, uh, or uncle Owen, uh, yeah. Conversation with Luke. The and then also the, the, uh, Duncan Idaho, when he's like preparing his ship and he's like in the, the hangar, that was a very, uh, star Wars, Setting, yeah, especially the, the setting of it. Yeah, just the setting. It was the, very Empire Strikes Back, you know, going out to Hoth battle, getting ready for yeah. Hoth battle type of thing. Um, by the way, Duncan Idaho sounds like a MacGruber character. I can't <laughs> believe that's Doug, the real name. Doug Phelps, I, Duncan Idaho, <laughs> Duke Leto. Yeah, the name are <laughs> Duncan Idaho. Does that not sound like MacGruber? Yeah, yeah, that or like a science theater bit. Though. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> That or a singer songwriter in like 1993 that like yeah. one album mm-hmm. and then died. Don't get either. Garth Brooks alter ego. Yeah, That's yeah. exactly what it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Big Chris Gaines energy. Yeah. Don't uh-huh. yeah. <laughs> uh, The dojo scene I really liked with Gurney. That was that was cool. That mm-hmm. that was very uh, Matrix yeah. reminiscent. Oh, or I got a a, a a canon question. The the shields that they wore throughout the the movie. Is that mm-hmm. in the books as well? Like yeah. that whole yeah. premise? Okay. 
But yeah, yeah I got the, that they had his shields, but all, the whole, like, I thought that was maybe a way to hide the gore. Like, they're like, oh, red light, he's dead. Like, you know, like, and so I, I was curious about that. I don't know if in the book that it describes, like, the coloration like that, okay. but that's, the concept is exactly what, what is in the book. Very cool. It's, it's, you know, you gotta get, it. that's why they, they have swords instead of, of guns and stuff, yeah. is because, you know, the gun can't get through their, uh, their shield and stuff. Yes, that was... God. That was one of the big like, oh, that looks really cool. Because yeah. in uh, yeah. in the eighty four version, that's like yes. the worst special effect of all time. They just oh, it's horrible. Randomly it's like turn into like a, it's like a, yeah, into like a like rhombus, a, like a transparency so block that they like put yes. over the frame. It's so terrible. Yeah, it's <laughs> yeah. painful. Nate, if you it's haven't painful. seen the eighty four one, you need to. I've seen about yourself. 15 minutes of yeah. it, and I now yeah. I really it's want a fun to one see. to yeah. watch. But, yeah, especially with this context. Yeah, yes. I highly recommend it. Seriously. Yeah, yeah, now I know what yeah. the peaks can be. So yes. now I know how what the, it's what like the watching uh, the yeah. Star Wars how uh, Christmas special or something, right? Yeah, the hell, yeah, yeah for like, sure. Ah, I got it now. Um, the Emperor himself, uh, Hoda Worski said he wanted him to be like this big grotesque worm, and maybe maybe like Jabba the Hutt existing. Yeah. After that, mm. um, changed like what this could be, but I thought he was pretty grotesque and disgusting. I thought yeah, someone's guard's guard was awesome in this. So the way, yeah, you're talking about the Baron, the yeah. Baron. Yeah. 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 But also I was going to say that if you told me five years ago, uh, Hey, we're making Dune. I, by the way, I would not know. I'd seen the original or the Lynch version, but you know, did not retain much of it till we rewatched it. I would have been like, Oh, so Stellan Skarsgård's guards in this. Like it's most Stellan Skarsgård. <laughs> I would have said Josh Brolin for, for sure. sure. Josh Brolin would have been. Would have been I don't it, need to know yeah. any character that he would even be right for. I would mm-hmm. just be like, his agent's pumped right now because they're definitely about to get a call. <laughs> yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah, he was. I'm he actually was cool. surprised there weren't multiple Skarsgårds in this. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. I would have put the over under at 1.5, like the sun, yeah. at least one of the suns. The fact that we <laughs> only got one was kind of. I would have right. lost money on that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I like Alex Alexander. You know. Yeah. Get a little Alexander in there. Um, You're a big true blood guy. Oh, yeah. You know me. <laughs> uh, Rebecca Ferguson. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, she's uh, great, man. Denny she's was talking about. Very good. Uh, if you watch this little notes on a scene segment that Vanity Fair does on YouTube, uh, Denny goes over the box scene oh, cool. uh, in that. And he was talking about how that was one of the, like the first scene that they shot for this movie and how after he shot that sequence, he knew everything was going to be okay because because the entire <laughs> sequence is acting i mean it's all cuts it's all directing and acting um and he's like okay yeah chalamet great but he said working with rebecca first ferguson is like a music for a director is like a musician playing a stradivarius violin like mm-hmm. she does everything you could ever want as a director and you can fine-tune her performance so flawlessly to get everything that you need. I mean, she's like a musical instrument of acting and that's really apparent here. I mean, she was phenomenal in this. I thought she was like the, it was like the most Oscar worthy performance of the, of the movie. I thought was probably hers. Uh, do you agree, Brian? Yeah, I thought she was fantastic. Um, I mean, Chalamet's great. I think we're going to get more of Bardem in the next go round. I'd forgotten that he was in the movie by the time he rolls up. You're like, Oh, right. This forgotten freaking <laughs> Oscar winner over here is, is the 12th build character. Um, yeah, I, I, Oscar Isaac's good, but I agree with you. I think, I think Ferguson, I think she is the best. She gives the best performance of the movie and 
what a cast to do that in, you know? That's that's saying something, clearly. She is such a... She has in the Mission Impossible... I mean, obviously, she's a great actress. She does a lot of really heavy stuff. But in even light fare, like Mission Impossible, she's a really great, like, physical actress. Like, her body's really interesting. And that really worked here as well because it says all the sort of, like, shaman-type skills. That she, shaman? Shaman? Oh, uh, skills that she has. Um, I don't know why. She has that sort of, like, very classically trained, like... English. Uh, I know she's Swedish, but that kind yeah, of like body language. Of, of, yeah. yeah, she's yeah. a great physical actress. Absolutely. The 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 um, bagpipes when they they arrive on Arrakis. Yeah. Gosh, such a cool, such a cool little touch. That's probably in the book, yeah. but like mm-hmm. it was like totally religious, you know. And they arrive to to their new home and to to take take it over. And I I felt this whole thing that has a had a had biblical undertones of the old mm-hmm. testament i mean it was yeah. so such an old testament mm-hmm. story to me of mo like moses and pharaoh that's what it really felt like um, yeah i mean and, and right and then paul is like a is very clearly a messiah figure right. and so mm-hmm. you yes you you tell I me mean, the, the, one of the things yeah go ahead go sorry ahead. one of the things that i was worried about is what happens a lot of times with because we've seen a thousand movies not just us i mean just as a society we've seen billions of movies um, when you translate something or you adapt something that, that came out that, that is in its book form came out 50 or 60 or a hundred years ago or whatever, you kind of run the risk of the audience saying, well, I've seen that a thousand times now when in, when it was in a book, when it was first written, it was, it was pretty new. And, and so, yeah. um, Dune is, is massively influential on, Star Wars and Blade Runner and Alien and all of these things, but obviously the movie is coming so much, you know, past all those things. And so you, you kind of, I was nervous a little bit that even I, knowing all this, is going to sit there and kind of roll my eyes at the, the whole, the concept of the one, you know, or the chosen one or whatever, because we've seen it so many times. Um, but I thought, I thought it was, I thought it was done so well. I thought, I thought Denny handled the, the themes and the tone of that incredibly well and so to your point can't like really goes goes to town with like biblical allegory and again like those you know those classic pieces of fears the mind killer yeah yeah and and all these things and works those things in so organically and and never to a point at least for me where i was like we get it dude or kind of rolling my (laughs) eyes on the on the concepts of it all i thought it was kind of expertly crafted on just the uh, the thematic storytelling elements, I guess. Yeah, I, I'm totally with you. The, you know, war in Paul's name, that, that the, you know, the visions, the mom being pregnant. The is so much more like, oh man, that's like, that's what hitting you over the head with it a little bit, but not sure. like, not uh-huh. like you guys said, he does it in such a way that it's like, it doesn't feel that way. It's just, he's having visions, right. which ties into that. And like you said, just the mother and the father being, you know, it, it's, it has some, it has a very, Mary, it has a very, uh, like Mary and Joseph. It's like, okay. Type they ha- Yes. Very Joseph type thing. That's a, yes, exactly. It was just that whole, yeah, the whole Messiah stuff. And even just going to the uh, quote unquote, the native land, you know, mm-hmm. and stuff like that, and just talking to the people, the actual it was, people. It like felt like Moses at the end. I mean, yeah. certainly the last mm-hmm. sequence really of of part one feels like you know the Ten Commandments or something, or you know the forty days and forty nights starting or or something. But I mean, I I I I saw so much of that in this, and I think that's that's super admirable. What's the most admirable 
to me, guys, is Denny making this thing freaking approachable. Like, I understood what the hell yeah. was going on. And that was my biggest <laughs> concern. Yes. Is like, yes. I, I'm going to like this movie, but I'm going to have to watch it 12 times. Yeah. I watched mm-hmm, it yeah. one time and I feel like I know this yeah. world so well. And that yeah. is a freaking A yeah. plus in my opinion. Like that's yeah. that is and that, it's paced that is the well. hardest thing to do with this mm-hmm. is to make it like mm-hmm. everyone understand it. And I and I know there's like yeah, it is it's kind of exposition at the beginning. There's a lot of titles yeah. and but names of planets zippy. and things, but like you have once you get out of that out of the way, I feel like we're off and running and man, give me all of that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I saw the runtime. I kind, you know, I knew the source material a bit from previous films and stuff, and I was like, this is going to be very good, kind of like Blade Runner, which I think is a great movie, but took me like the Denny Blade Runner took me several times to kind of fully appreciate. I figured, okay, this is going to be a nice, very arty, beautiful, slow kind of uh, meditation of a film on on whatever <laughs> this political divide is in space. Um, and I'm going to enjoy it, but I'm going to, you know, I'll be checking the time on my phone a few times during this thing. But really, once we kind of get through the exposition part it, for a two and a half hour movie, and you guys know it's my biggest critique on things, it, it zips mm-hmm. pretty well. It's got some good pace to it. The way he mm-hmm. did the exposition, too, is really creative. I mean, yeah. mm-hmm. the way he had he had Paul in the room looking at the hologram that was explaining the, the history yeah. of Arrakis and... And you know, his mom spice, telling him, like, oh, you need to be dressed because we have to meet with the important people, thought, you know. I like, thought he was going to get those super troopers, do you want to know more? Like, I thought that's <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Would you like to know, know more? I yeah. thought that was going to cr- – yeah. yeah, like, I thought that was going yeah. uh, to crop up a couple yeah. times. Starship troopers, yeah. yeah. What did yeah. I say? Super troopers? <laughs> yeah. I meant to say starship troopers, my fault. Yeah. Also quality. Yeah. No, also quality. Yeah, yeah also quality. <laughs> totally different vibe that I was going for. But yeah. Something that I never noticed that Denny mentioned was that – in the world of Dune, there's no AI. That there's no robots in this entire movie. Yeah. And I'd never noticed that until he said that. And like I watched the interview after I saw the movie. I was like, oh my God, you're right. And he said it's because Dune at its core is about the triumph of the human spirit. Mm-hmm. And that the, you know, the governments of the universe have outlawed AI because it threatened the human spirit and yeah. and its survival, basically. Um, mm-hmm. and that to me, at the end of the day, I was wondering why I, I was so emotional about this. And I think that's probably wise because it is about people and people, it, it feels like more derivative of something like water world than it does like anything science, like I, at, I in, you said that, it, yeah, that's, you know what I mean? Like it's, it's yeah, about like earthlings dealing here. with, with earthlings and like us fighting sure. with each other yeah. rather than like yeah. the, the universe like, oh, this planet is against this other planet. Like, Star Wars and, and Star Trek feel so big. Dune, this feels yeah. so isolated for some reason. Yeah, I was, oh, it's so funny. I literally wrote down Waterworld on here because I was just- <laughs> Sandworld. The, the I said Spice World too. was already taken. That, that movie <laughs> movie title was already taken. That was a great adaption. No, but it's-, it's You should what, see what, Denny's version of that. He's he's redoing that, too. He's doing the original Spice World, too. Yes. Oh, yeah. 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 Dune 2 is just called Spice Up Your Life. <laughs> it's posher spice. The, oh, but like with, with Waterworld, like just the- Like everything felt lived in. Like everything works. Yeah. It's like stuff yeah. works. And like that's and it's so funny that like you even Kemp brought up earlier, Mad Max, especially Fury Road. Yep. It's like mm-hmm. everything that movie was just like, oh, this is a lived in world and it works, works, works. But it's like also speaking about just we're fighting over resources. Like you know what they need. Everybody wants yeah. spice and water. And then it's like, and but they don't say it like where it's like it's no shit they're on a uh, they're on a desert. But also right. just the other things, the spitting, and of course that's in the books and everything. But it's like 
in those scenes, you can like just feel the culture, you know, like kind yeah. of like getting you through it. And I, I think that's such a great comparison that I can't brought For up with sure. Waterworld. I just isn't like this that. is the the only planet, but this is the most important planet. This is yes. the only yeah. planet that matters. Basically, it's the only planet that has spice, and yeah. so yep. and they everything everything runs on spice. Basically, or everybody they, the has their own journey, but the Venn diagram. Yeah overlaps yeah. here right. <laughs> right but yeah, yeah for sure though that's one of the i mean truly that's one of the real strokes of genius of the book and then i think it's it's conveyed just perfectly in the movie is that i think a lot of times science fiction gets too caught up in in like kind of like casting a vision for the future and like comes up with all these things that are seem cool but they're not practical or or are almost our brains like naturally say well that's not that's fiction. That's not real. That's whatever, because it is so outlandish or so ridiculous with the exception of the like interplanetary flight. Um, mm-hmm. This feels very, I mean, it, it's, it's almost medieval and yeah, yeah, more yeah. so than it is, you know, futuristic with, with the exception of obviously some of the, like the technology or something, but it, it yeah. feels very true and real and, and for it being 8,000 years in the future, it doesn't, it, it feels like, to me, it's always felt like, yeah, it is kind of it. It it feels right that we would. Not this is just the one that should be a long time ago in a galaxy far, to... far away, not right. Star Wars. Right. That should be in the future, right? <laughs> sure, sure. Yeah, you no, got it backwards. I, I think. Yeah, I think that's a that's a huge part of why the book is so successful, um, as like a yeah. like a piece of literature, not just like a you know pulp fiction, a dime store fiction, like most science fiction of that time was. And it's the translation just works so well because you. You can see this movie and it feels it, like it, a It feels like the past and the future. Yeah, for sure. You you can yeah. you you can resonate with what's happening on the screen because it has so many very familiar thematic Absolutely. elements and whatnot. And it doesn't date like a yes. lot of very when you lean too much into the technology and things of, of in sci fi, uh, inevitably sure. it will it will be lame in 10 years. Where Absolutely. This? Yeah. This oh, hard. yes. This one's going to yeah. age like fine wine. I mean, I can't mm. wait to watch this one. Like it's, it's greatness. Um, a few and, more things I want to hit on before we hit grades guys, um, is one is Zendaya's character. Um, pretty minimal in this, but I assume she'll be a big part of the next one. Mm-hmm. Um, she's, yeah. uh, certainly, uh, motivates Paul in the movie to do certain, <laughs> you know, to, She's kind of a MacGuffin, and so is the uh, knife as well. The dagger mm-hmm. aspect of this, I assume that's going to play a bigger role uh, down the line. It plays a little bit of one here, but um, that I'm assuming that MacGuffin is going to yeah. carry us that, to the next movie. And I like the way they use that, right? Because like I don't know much about the book, but I do know that that Zendaya character doesn't show up right until yeah. kind of yeah. halfway through, right? So if you right. were to do it more chronologically without that, like you said, MacGuffin can't, we wouldn't, you know, she would maybe be in the movie for like a minute at the very end. Mm-hmm. Whereas they kind of can work her in a little bit as it goes, which was, because she's, I mean, she's such a compelling actress and, and, and also probably someone that's not just going to come on just because she's a big star halfway through. So it's good, good way to use her and get her mm-hmm. in. And then, and then we'll, we'll go from there. Yeah. That's a great point. Yeah. Uh, last thing I have here is just the, I made a list of Oscar categories that I think this will be a shoe in for. Oh yeah. Because I didn't think this would going into it, but as I was watching it, I just kept thinking of <laughs> so many. So I made a list. Um, one is cinematography for yep. sure. Uh, visual effects, uh, mm-hmm. sound, which is just one category, not sound editing and oh, that's uh, right. 
Well, we won't get to explain that to Brian this year. <laughs> Sound mixing. Oh, yeah. It's just one category. You can do it anyway, yeah. though. Yeah, uh, just, it's fun. <laughs> production design. Yes. Co- costume, desi- costume design. Mm-hmm. Uh, hair and makeup. Um, adapted screenplay, probably. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah, uh, be- best director. Those yeah. are the ones I have. Best picture. Those, and and best picture, yeah, probably. Mm-hmm. So there's we still more. have a you, lot of stuff to come, but I you yeah. know, this is definitely the kind of movie that depending on and they do the Oscars different every year and like the order of the awards sometimes. But if if it's technical awards and, and sort of, you know, all that stuff for the first hour, it's gonna be, I think, a lot of Dune. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's nine just that's nine shoe ins right Mad there. Mad yeah. Max Fury Road. Yes. And just Great what, copy and paste what they they got yeah. nominated mm-hmm. for. And it's like, okay. And that was yep. direct picture, director, cinematography, costume design, film editing, makeup and hairstyling, yeah. production production design, yeah, then sound yeah. editing, sound mixing. Dealing with Tom Hardy, about. that was a category that year. <laughs> <laughs> Being on set with him, that some yeah. they're nominated for yeah. that. So Hardy's translator. With, um, with his yeah. 15, lyrics, yeah. 15 lines. Yeah. I feel yeah, like so. what Denny will get a, a nod for directing an adapted screenplay just because everyone knows how difficult this source material is. Anyone is like even willing to try this, like that deserves yeah, a nomination. Yes. It's like a gymnastics score. Like just <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. we know, yeah, yeah. We knew how tried, diff- you might have stuck it, but you know, like, I mean, you did, but <laughs> yeah. it's like, yeah, but we know how difficult tried the triple axle. Yeah. didn't nail yeah. it. So we'll give yeah. you the, give you the nine <laughs> yeah. out of 10. Right. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that, I, Man, these I, Oscars are going to be so good this year. Like, there's so many this good movies here. coming out over yeah. the next two yeah, months. Yeah, there are mm-hmm. two months. Yeah. There's already a lot of good ones that have come out. Man, yeah, I, oh, absolutely. I, I like mean, we Venom? didn't talk. Oh, we didn't man. talk about the last, <laughs> the last duel on uh, in an episode, but we did see yeah. that, and mm. I don't think that's a great movie, but it's so Oscar baity, and it'll be up for oh, like mm-hmm. all these same t- categories that I just mentioned. Probably, yeah. um, it's it's that kind of movie. So, yeah, it's going to be competitive for sure. Good my grief. dune was my dune is uh, in terms of what I'm go deep on in the canon is obviously House of Gucci. So it's going to be a war <laughs> right. between me and the dune dune strong. What do you war, think uh, of you know. what do you think of uh, Don John John Spaeth's Brian as a, as a writer? He he did Prometheus and oh, Doctor yeah. Strange in this mm-hmm. now. So it's pretty solid, man. Pretty I mean, solid little uh, the, the writing of Prometheus is probably the best part. I mean, that's that's yeah. a really interesting mythological type movie um you know it has its flaws but i don't think it's the writing that's the problem with that one for sure no. he's the one doing uh um, the sisterhood he's yeah the, the sisterhood. executive producer of that doing the sisterhood but, huh but he's also doing uh if you know he he helped on that tom cruise mummy movie <laughs> remember that oh, um no but also he's supposed <laughs> to do the van to. helsing one if mm-hmm. they continue the monster verse, but we'll see the monster verse, right? Yeah, yeah. Whatever. That was a yeah. that, that perfect example of w, again. That was WB, right? No, that was mm-hmm. Universal. It's Universal. Universal. Yeah. Universal uh, you know, making six movies before they made one. Yeah, I, I think they too. they like, swerved like, yeah, that thing right. <laughs> they swerved that thing off the road. It was it was yeah. It was headed to yeah. the ditch, and they they fixed it with the Invisible Man. We got a wolf. That's man. true. We got a Wolf Man in there, didn't we? We got. We're gonna get it. Uh, with, that one uh, wasn't part of this. It was a part of, of it. Universal. Okay. Yeah, uh, yeah. They they kind sparked of the, sparked the idea. They were like, "Hey, yeah, like, <laughs> we got yeah. these guys." Yeah. Right. They decided pretty quickly to get outside of the um, outside of the big star monster verse movies mm-hmm. and just do smaller stuff like the Invisible Man, which is definitely the way to go. So we'll yeah. see. Yeah. For sure, we'll see about uh, what's what's supposed yeah. to be next. Don't worry, Van Helsing will be coming out in April, though. That's what's weird. It'll be a Halloween movie that comes out in April. Mm-hmm. That's what you Can't want. That's what Who they is Van Helsing in it? Oh, we don't know yet. Okay, I I know. Know. they've always wanted Cruise for that. That was always 
Yeah, but I mean, I can he know. be both the mummy and Van Helsing? <laughs> I mean, what? How does that violate? He canon? wasn't the mummy. He was uh, a dude sure. in, in the mummy. Is he gonna hunt himself? No, he was the m- kind of right? at the end. He was he's the, the mummy. mummy. Yeah. yeah, they he hint that the at the end, right? That is a movie we have forgotten. They hint that to set Wait, up the wait, world. Yeah. Yeah. It's like they do. Like he becomes the mummy, and uh, and uh, Russell Crowe's Doctor Jekyll and uh, yeah. whatever. Yeah, I remember that too. That's right. Yeah, what a, they like set up yeah. a whole thing. Like it was, yeah. they did like a whole Vanity Fair press photo shoot. That Friday they put out. It was like the next yeah. phase of movies mm-hmm. with Johnny Depp and all these people, and then. Johnny Depp was supposed to do The Invisible Man, and uh, right, it's not even close to what the movie ended up being. But yeah, that movie was awesome. Shout yeah. out John Spaths for uh, for pulling this yeah. thing together with Denny. Yeah, but but look, the combo is I think is what yeah. works because John Spaths is a great world builder. He has sort of the sci fi background, and then Eric Roth has done yeah. some of the best dramas of the last 15, 20 years. So I mean, he's Michael Mann's guy, you know, and Michael yeah, Mann's doing good movies. Yeah. Forrest Gump. He did, he, yeah. yeah, he did Munich. <laughs> he did Star is Born. I mean, that's like a, that's a, yeah. and then you, had, and Denny obviously is, is in the room too. So that's fun. I mean, <laughs> that's a really good combination. I would yeah. say that's good. No, good. Great. Way to go guys. Yeah. All yeah. right. I'm going to, I'm about done on this one. What do you, you guys have any closing thoughts before we hit a grade on, on Dune? Big disappointments, big surprises, anything like that. Oscar Isaac, yeah. by the way, awesome. Good. Duke, Duke can be lead any movie at, any day of the week. Give me, yeah, he's great. Sign him up for yeah. my franchise. So hot too. Gosh, super attractive, <laughs> talented. Yeah, he knows. Yeah, he knows how to. He knows how to pause the lips a little bit. You know, like he yeah. kind of knows how to give that extra second. And yeah. You're just like, God yeah. damn it! I never would have believed yeah. him as like as Chalamet's. Uh, father, but I did in this too. Uh, for yeah. whatever he had, yeah, the, he had the the gray beard going on, so I think that yeah. helped. But yeah, yeah. He's a, you guys know he used Davis. to be. He was in a Christian ska band when he was yeah younger. That's Christian ska band. Every, yeah, every I'm time somebody brings it up, like, oh right, but not the mighty supertones. Yeah, the other yeah, one. Yeah, the OC supertones. Whatever there is, I the real big Christian supertones. That was it. Was the only two. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna give. Dune and A plus. Mm. This is one of my favorite movies I've seen in a long time, man. I'm gonna watch yeah. the heck out of this one on HBO. Yeah, can't wait. I'll go next. Yeah, A plus for me too. Um, gets nice. the A plus out of me. Yeah, I, I dug it. I dug it quite a bit. Can't wait to see more of it and see it several more times. But it's uh, yeah. I mean, not not my cup of tea, but but delicious nonetheless. Mm-hmm. Sure, <laughs> Brian. What about yeah. you, man? Yeah, A plus for me. It's top two or three of the year easy um and this i mean i you know i love science fiction but this is the type of movie that i will rewatch a thousand times especially yeah. when there's there's two or three of them because it's it's so i mean i i, I watch lord of the rings all the time and, and just because it's like great background viewing to me because it's like mm-hmm. i'm gonna sit yeah. here i've seen this movie ten forty five thousand times i'm gonna sit here and write or do work or whatever and this is on in the background. I know that's going to occupy my time for the next, you know, three or four or five or six hours, however long it ends up being. With it's either that or an infomaniac, as we always say. It's one of yeah, those. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Lars Boncher's infomaniac. It makes a that. great yep. double feature. Um, mm-hmm. Lord of the Rings. Right. Just nymphomaniac one right yeah. between uh two towers yeah and machete order you, know? you have your own thing That's you don't even watch it you just have the sound on too right exactly exactly uh with with the surround sound and everything uh it's perfect yeah no this is a plus for me great i'm i'm 
just truly blown away that they were able to to pull this thing off and and bring it together. So, what about you, Nate? Where you at? Yep, I'm A plus. I nice. I loved Arrival. I love Sicario. I love Blade Runner 2049. I I I, I really guy. liked you guys really liked Prisoners. Undefeated. Uh, so did I. Yeah. yeah, and I would just say this was just I I had high expectations. I was very much like, hey, I'm not going to ruin it. I'm not going to look at many trailers. I watched one trailer and I was like, okay, that's it. Anytime it was like coming up on YouTube or something like that, I was like high in it. And it was like, this is an A plus. Like it just, it lived yeah. up to what I wanted it to be. Like, cause I love, love, loved Blade Runner 2049. It's like my, my Twitter head page. Like I just, that movie was just like, oh wow. It's exactly what I wanted to see at that time. And this almost felt like in a new world, almost like a spiritual successor to that in its own way. Like it's like mm. a different vibe it did. And it was like, yeah. okay, that movie was tech techno and this is like okay now we're doing deserts but it's like okay yeah. but it's his spin on that and i just yeah. love that but i i think what brian said too is like it's gonna be one of those movies i watch on a saturday night and i just put on yeah, and it's just right. like all right, half of it i'm not even watching also i'm like watching oh my god oh, it's this scene all right so oh, you have okay, yeah. you have awful saturday nights like brian too okay got it. <laughs> I had no uh, idea. it sounds like a perfect saturday night to me just <laughs> out of my mind doing on in the background scrolling uh-huh. through twitter you know, it is. not paying attention to anything. <laughs> so we watch the perfect. best movies. Yeah, man, that's that sounds great. <laughs> I always watch the most intense ones, like Apocalypse Now, like eleven thirty view time. It's like <laughs> when I just start it. Uh, yeah. You know, like just late, late yeah. night. Because you party. Yeah, we get you. Um, <laughs> yeah, we no, party. I, yeah. I think what you said is spot on, too, Nate. The the you can see this feels like the movie that he was born to make in a mm-hmm. lot of ways, and you yes. can see how all of the movies that he's done up to this point kind of led to, you can see those, all those influences in this movie. It, to um, that point, Brian, it's crazy. We've been doing this show since prisoner. I mean, prisoners, mm-hmm. we did, I mean, that's yeah. how long we've been doing this stupid show. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it's crazy to me that that guy went on to do this, but it's it makes sense, right? Sure. His journey makes sure. sense, but because that was a very good movie, cool yeah. thriller, but that's yeah. like wild to me. I think Blade Runner sure. is really what, what made him do this. Like, I think if he had just done Arrival and Sicario and maybe another smaller movie, I don't know if he ever gets to make Dune. I think, I think Blade Runner convinced the masses that he could do this. Well, I I definitely convinced studios that he could, but it did not do well. Like, I mean, like that, that was just visually and and just conceptually and everything. I think definitely people in the movie business, I think got it, but like, that was the fear on this. I mean, the big, honestly, Kent, to your question, I should have brought that up earlier. The reason there's not a Dune 2 already is because of Blade Runner 2049. Yes. Because the only reason we talked about that Blade Runner movie, it was so hard to get some people to see it. I know. Exactly. (laughs) And that's not his fault. It's an awesome movie. (laughs) But that's that's what Warner Brothers is saying when they don't agree with the second one right away. They're going, look, man, we got to make sure that we can at least have some kind of out if this is somehow a weird flop. Yeah. The only other guy I I could have seen maybe doing this really well would be Alex Garland, who did uh, Ex Machina and, and Devs. I don't know if you guys ever saw Devs. Yeah. Yeah. Holy moly, that was so good. <laughs> What's oh, his name from Devs is in this is the uh accountant guy in mm-hmm. uh, in Dune. Oh but, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh. But yeah, he's somebody who kind of has the visual the visual style and the uh science fiction mind to do something like mm-hmm. Dune, I think. So, he's doing um isn't it Alien? Isn't he doing the Alien show? Or not Noah Holly, isn't it? Yeah, I think that, that's Noah Hawley. Uh, yeah. I'm looking up what he's got. Something Alex called, he's got a got horror movie coming out. Coming a little out. horror movie coming out next year. It looks like Devs is a great little eight episode uh, Hulu FX thing. If you haven't seen, go check that out. Really, really well done. Um, sci-fi little little series. But um, 
That's all that comes to mind. Love Denny. He's undefeated. You're right, Nate. Mm. It's great. Okay, that's Dune. Uh, let's hit a quick weekly recommend before we get out of here. Weekly recommends. I'll kick it off. I'm going to. I'm going to recommend a documentary. Uh, it's kind of a documentary series, I guess. It would count as a series, but it's really a movie. It's just two parts. Um, are you guys familiar with the story of what happened to Brittany Murphy? Yeah, vaguely. I know her and her mm-hmm. husband died a few years apart of, of in mm-hmm. similar circumstances. That's all I know. I the, believe drug uh, overdoses of some kind. The uh, show is called What Happened, Brittany Murphy. They did it on HBO Max. Okay. And it's a, just a documentary about her coming up and then what happened to her and what happened after. And it is... So crazy. My wife watched this and was like, you have to watch this. And I had no idea any of this story, really. You know, I'm like you, Richard. I knew she passed and I knew her husband passed, but I had no idea the details of this. And let's just say Perez Hilton is interviewed in it. And he he says in it, I feel horrible about all of that stuff. And rightfully so. Because, like, he wasn't part of the problem. Like, he was the problem. Back mm-hmm. back in sure. those days, and like the amount of lives he he ruined, and like that the paparazzi culture ruined is staggering. And I feel like in twenty twenty one, hopefully, we would be smart enough to see something like this and and say something about it before it got too bad. Whereas back then, we all blamed Britney for everything that was going on. But watch this show, unbelievable talent that she was, and I had no idea this story, but certainly worth watching if you're curious about. Um, that story, if you're only know, know about it in passing, or if you've seen, you know, Clueless and you thought she was good in that, check this out. <laughs> she had a big run too. I mean, certainly in the years before she died, um, kind of late, she's got like a kind of, res- I mean, you know, she was leading romantic comedies that were like making a lot of money and stuff. So mm-hmm. very interesting kind of like several art career. So yeah, I'll check that out. She, Brian. Fell, I mean, she Ken- fell really into, um, like when she started getting married to this guy, she started yeah. doing like, Basically, uh, the, the like Sharknado level movies and stuff. Yeah. Like she, her career felt completely. I mean, I don't want to spoil the the thing, but oh man, it's it's a story. It's more than just like she was a, a Hollywood actress that died too young. There's a lot, a lot of details in there that it, the story might not be to, be over yet. Who knows? But check that out. What happened, Brittany Murphy on HBO Max is my recommend. Uh, what you got, Richard? Nice. Yeah, I've got one. No surprise. It's a shocker. I haven't done this one yet, but I let it all build up so we could fly through them quickly. Um, and it's uh, Only Murders in the Building on Hulu. You know how I feel about oh. uh And uh, it's great. It's great. Obviously, I knew it would be funny. I love Martin Short and, and Steve Martin. And and uh, it's great supporting cast, too. I'm actually watching... I'm doing a 30 Rock rebinge right now with my wife. Mm. And like that whole cast on Only Murders are, is... 30 is our 30 rock people so it's weird the mm-hmm. whole supporting cast but um but yeah no it's great and it's a really effective mystery it's a really nice little mystery story so i can't wait to see how they do more and you know i love the uh i love the incorporation of as people that have done podcasts and do podcasts prof- everywhere from professionally on on y'all side to quasi professionally on our side <laughs> um uh you know making fun of that whole sort of culture and obsession is 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 really i like when s- new things are satirized you know, that's always a fun thing that we haven't really, we, you know, 
this form of media and all the little quirks with it and this yeah. the behavior of the listeners is is such a new ish you know in the last ten years thing um it's just now we're just now learning how to make fun of it and that's such a it's always fun when that happens so yeah Brian? i i hope okay. um i hope Martin Short wins a, some kind of award for this. Yeah, he's, he's so good at it. He's, he's incredible so in this <laughs> this show. And the dramatic scenes are really great. You know, I right. didn't know if he's if he had that muscle because he's the funniest man that's ever lived. I didn't know if he could do it, but he's great in the dramatic stuff. So yeah, yeah, with his son and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. It's it's I, I I was a pleasant surprise. That yeah, was a, my, I was like, oh okay, yeah, I'll check this out. And I, I, you know, I love Steve Martin. And then yeah, that I, yeah. I agree. That's a that's a good recommendation. That's a good show. Brian, they're going to do a season two. <laughs> yeah, they're doing it. They're doing yep, a season, season two. two. Are they? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. That's good. Already green. What you got, Brian? Yep. Uh, I've, I've done a couple of recommends lately that are kind of off brand for me. Yeah. I'm going to get back on. Scary brand movies. Weird. I know. I know. don't even it's know you weird. anymore. I don't know myself, Richard. Um, I'm going to get back on brand though. Uh, Brandy Carlisle has a new album. Oh, In these yeah. silent days. It is fantastic. It is great. She is fantastic. I love her so much. She was on SNL this week. Um, I dig this album a lot. I'm not. It's mm. probably not quite as good as uh, as as the last one, mm-hmm. uh, by the way, which was incredible. Richard and I saw her in concert on that album. Um, well, I I don't remember. I only remember the Uber driver that did the great Peter Griffin impressions <laughs> that basically at gunpoint and made us listen yeah, for thirty. Well, so it, it kind of canceled bio, out so, the concert. Yeah, um, it's in his bio, Richard. <laughs> what, if you don't want the Uber driver that can do four impressions over and over and over again, probably You're shouldn't right. pick him. You know? I, yeah, I mean, that is how it works. You do pick yeah. them perfectly yeah. by He's by you, know, you do choose the driver. I yeah. I screen them all. <laughs> I, it's like a um, beauty pageant, baton throwing, yes, per, per, yes, preferably. Uh, they pull up and do three impressions. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Let's yeah. see your Al Nalda, buddy. Uh-huh. Yeah. Can you do a Pacino? No. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Weird. He could do a walk-in. Uh, he he had uh, yeah. Stewie from Family Guy and uh, and and King of the Hill. He had Hank Hill. That was it. That was it. Yep. It was. <laughs> And Richard was, was egging him on, and so was his, Richard's wife, Sarah, and I was very uncomfortable, because I get very uncomfortable in, in social settings like that, and uh, his entire his entire uh, Hank Hill impression was just, damn it, Bobby, that was it. That was his entire impression. That's all he had. It was Not even a propane line? No, that was it. That's no, all he had. Nate, he and also, had to move on. I yeah. swear, we got in the Uber, and we were in it for... I'm not. I'm not joking. You know the seven seconds where you're reading each other out, like please be silent. It's the end of the night. Yeah. Just please. Yeah. And he just goes. So I do impressions, and I was like, <laughs> "Do you?" And he's like, it, "It's in my bio." And I was like, well, "Let's hear him, man." And then for 20 minutes home, just lots of uh, lots Whoa. of the same. But he was also, but he made up for it by dating his best friend from high school's daughter, who was a stripper. So mm-hmm. okay, yeah. Brian, Brandy Carlisle, good job. <laughs> yeah, just it, right back on. Did he yeah. tell that story as Peter Griffin? Like, <laughs> <laughs> that he was That would have quagmire. There you exactly. go. That would have yeah. made it better for sure. Did you? Uh, no, uh, this album's great. She was on SNL this week. Yeah, um, she's great. Like I said, I don't think it's quite as good as the last one, but the last one won like 47 Grammys. Yeah. So that's, you know, that's tough to to get to. But what this one does have that, that uh, by the way, didn't have is like a couple of like real rock songs. Mm-hmm. And I I love her voice on a rock song. So the one she did on SNL, or the first one she did on SNL, Broken Horses, is like, that's kind of a throwback to more like Firewatcher's Daughter, which was yeah. the previous album before that. One. So anyway, I love Brandy and it seems like she's really broken out over the last uh, couple or three years and... Um, more people are, are discovering how great she is. So 
definitely check out this album. It's a really good listen, I think. Did you ever see the Cradle to Stage episode with her and Dave Grohl? I haven't. No, I definitely check that, check out. that out. Yeah, yeah. it's um, I think it's about thirty minutes long, but yeah, he goes and talks to Brandy and her mom about her upbringing and stuff like that. It's really, really she's well the done. Best. Ugh, love her so much. Can't wait. Still, I hope. I hope uh, next year she's doing uh, a tour on this one. That yeah, I would think so. Yeah, yeah, it's great. Still, um, still my two seat Carlisle though behind Belinda. I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's tough. It's I mean, tough. We'll but see. ahead of Rick now. He's ahead so. of Rick. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. yeah. you hate the Pacers. You always have. You always. Who's the will. butterfly kisses guy? But he's uh, number three. <laughs> oh, oh man, I forgot his name. Bob. Bob Carlisle. Bob Carlisle. Carlisle. Wow. Butterfly wow. kisses. But the bright Wow. It's a weird nice. weird time in like the nineties where that was on like <laughs> pop radio. Just yeah, it was on Kiss FM. Like, yeah. All right, here's yeah. the new one yeah. from Sting. Right. Followed yeah. by yeah. Followed by I Dream of Rain. Followed by Rain. This is how we right. do it. That followed was Return of the Mac now straight yeah. into Yeah. Yeah. And straight into Butterfly do. Kisses and the new album. Sting. <laughs> yeah. Weird. Oh, um man. my uh I already did my recommend. Nate, what you got? Yeah. Oh, I'll probably go with this is on brand for me, as, as Kent knows. I, I'll recommend a board game. I am, oh, here we go. I'm a huge board game guy. I have dozens of them. I don't know how I got into this, but like the last like five years, all of a sudden I just became a board game guy. I don't know why. But yeah. Good it's, corner uh, for you, man. Yeah. <laughs> so what this game is, uh, some people have heard of, you know, Catan. You've heard of Ticket to Ride, perhaps some of these newer games. This one's called Carcassonne. Uh, oh, yeah. It came out. Yeah, it actually came out pretty about 20 years ago, but it is probably my favorite game because it is a board game that plays well with two people, three people, four people, oh, like whatever that. the player count, which is, as you guys, especially if you have a significant other, know mm-hmm. that it can be very important. And this game has a plethora of expansions in the board game world. Yes, there is a big board game world market hobbyists out there. Um, it's a running joke how many expansions this game has. But the one, if I were to say that you enjoyed this game, if you ever got it, get the first one. It's a cheaper game. Like it's like 25 bucks or so. It's not too expensive of a game. It travels well. And all the game is, is you just lay tiles and you kind of build your map and you can put these things down called meeples. And depending on what gets down, that gives you points. At first you'll look at it and go like, okay, that kind of looks different for like a board game, but it's actually just very thinky. It could be cutthroat if you want it to be. It could be very friendly. I just like that kind of game that you make it kind of how you want to. But yeah, if you if you're looking for a good board game that you want, like, hey, I want to play with two people, three people, four people, Carcassonne, can't recommend it enough. Nice. But yeah. yeah. And also I like we're going to uh, Yeah. Game. Yeah, Carcassonne's a good one. Uh, yeah, if we want to go a little actually there's a Dune game called Dune Imperium that's supposed to be fantastic. <laughs> It's like very like backstabby really? and like yeah, it's supposed to be great. Like I mean, honestly, like risk. Like top. Are you taking over territories yeah. and stuff? A little risk, uh, diplomacy, maybe a little bit, a little bit of that in there mm-hmm. where it's you know, a little backstabby. Um, if you want to kind of like next step board game, if you're like, oh my god, this Nate Tice guy gave me Carcassonne and this is great. Next one I would also recommend is called Concordia, and that is wow. one of my favorite games period as well and concordia is you're trading spices and goods in the mediterranean i know how exciting that sounds you're a nerd i'm a nerd (laughs) brian's really into board games though brian brian does knows about Catan and stuff i only 
Chess. He said Car- he was I like, have. "Oh, Carcassonne's Chess a good works. one." I was like, "That's why I was like, I gotta give him another yeah. one." Then I gotta yeah, give that's him good. Concordia. That's good. Carcassonne <laughs> yeah. also has a pretty good iPad game. If you've got yes. like the the iPad version, there is pretty pretty Correct. solid. Better that, than like Catan or some of the others for sure. Yeah, and yeah. oh yeah, and you can knock them out. And it's like yeah, yeah. It, yeah. Me, my wife and I, when we first started dating, we were long distance. And that's we, like we play like three, four games a day. And that's yeah. like also I realized that she was competitive was through that that's app good. because yeah. also I realized she was super cutthroat. Had yeah. no idea. Oh, that's yeah. Funny. Yeah. Had, had no idea. But that's yeah. That was Carcassonne. How I I'm glad. Out. I'm glad you had real uh, <laughs> board game recommends there. I had somebody fairly recent. And I'm not, look like what you like. I'm not gatekeepy yeah. at all on this. That's why. I, I <laughs> but I had somebody who was like. Oh, you like board games? And he's like, yeah, I'm pretty into board games. And then he literally was like some version of Monopoly, like whatever. The, and I was like, well, I mean, I don't know if that. OK, sure, man. First off, Brian, it was Yahtzee ball, and I took but, that personally. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Richard loves Yahtzee. Richard plays Yahtzee 40 times a day. So, oh, yeah. I, I'm, if I'm not great. doing not something, knocking. I'm yeah. Yahtzee on my phone because like the perfect amount of mindless to like listen sure. to a podcast yeah. or an audio book or something. My wife falls yeah. asleep like every time I go to bed and I'll watch TV, she's like playing Yahtzee. It's just yeah. like her ritual yeah. before she goes to sleep. She'll do like five games and it just it's takes the her It's the perfect mind. level of I can't of do it. Mindless. I can't count. That's why I can't do it. There, <laughs> I have to like count there, the dice. I can't do it. It takes too much. There's there's energy. a game like that 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 like uh, that I've gotten to as like you figure out these other board games in the world and it's like okay this one plays good solo and that's the exact same thing is like uh, there is this game called like you're t- too clever I, the German name's from something else but it's the same mm-hmm. thing where you have to move the dice and stuff and I I bought the game like the dice mm-hmm. game for like twenty bucks whatever. Got the app for free. I don't think I ever played the actual game. Yeah, I just kept playing the app over and over and over. Sure. And I was just like, yeah. my wife said, "When, when are you going to teach me that game?" I'm like, yeah, you know, I kind of like just playing it solo. Like, <laughs> this is know, my thing. Okay, it's important kinda... for us to have. She's like, you hyped up this game for weeks, and we finally get it. Like this German labeled game. It was like, <laughs> but yeah, be careful I, with those. Those are slippery slope. Slippery slope. I was thinking, it's it's a slippery there. slope. No. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, what Brian said though, it's like you don't want to be gatekeeper where people are like, oh man. Uh, cards yeah. against humanity and you're like yeah that's different that's fun, but there's mm-hmm. even yeah. better like there's yeah. even like yeah. there's ones right. that are more, more crunchy that you're not just brain dead <laughs> going like and i get yeah. it like you said different strokes yeah. but it's it's once you realize what the, what's out there it's it's a lot more fun the amount of times brian has shamed me for liking shoots and ladders is, yeah i was yeah, gonna say well, i won't and, stop yeah okay. i will not stop that you know how i feel <laughs> <laughs> All right, there we go. There's Dune special get guest Nate Tice. Make sure you're following him on Twitter if you like all football X's and O's and great uh, movie references. Try catching those in the Athletic Football Show. It's amazing to me how many he's worked in. I think he's uh, undefeated in working movie references into football podcasts. So check that yeah. out and subscribe to that if you're an NFL fan. And uh, this guy, yeah, knows what he's talking about on that side of things. So uh, thanks for coming on, man. This is fun. Fun to fun to nerd awesome. out with you for a while on board games no, and otherwise. Great. Yeah, this is great. Thank you guys so much. This was way too much fun. <laughs> it was I, great. I loved it, great man. Great job. Great joining us. Yeah, absolutely. Appreciate we'll we'll hopefully have you back for Dune Two if yeah. it exists. Mark it and, down. Um, Four years. Yeah. Yeah. In twenty 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 seven or whatever. Uh, but yeah, yeah. Um, thanks for listening. Uh, make sure to sign up for the VIP club to get all those bonus episodes and uh we're talking scream this week for the vip so uh shout out to uh our horror movie fans over there you know ready for halloween season we'll get that conversation with them this week so stay tuned for that until next time we'll see you at the cinema bye
Hey baby, I hear the blues are calling Tossed salads and scrambled eggs And maybe I seem a bit confused Yeah, maybe, but I got you pegged <laughs> But I don't know what to do With those tossed salads and scrambled eggs They're calling again Scrambled eggs all over my face They're making me out 